Welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast. Here, we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Ginger Hubbard, author of I Can't Believe You Just Said That. Ginger and I will discuss how to parent for the heart of your child, and she'll even give you some specific action steps for each situation you'll encounter with your kiddos that'll help you truly take advantage of those moments and get to the root of their sins instead of merely dealing with what's being seen. I think you'll be encouraged and feel more well-equipped for the task at hand after listening in. Now, many of the concepts we'll discuss in today's podcast you can also get more information about in our newest class, Heart School. Heart School was written to help you refine your vision about what God has called you to do and to prepare you to disciple and educate your children with their hearts and yours in mind. Whether you're a young mom or you're brand new to homeschooling, or if you're a veteran mom who could use a good reminder and refresher course on why you're doing all of this in the first place, Heart School is for you. Visit teachthemdiligently.net forward slash heart school for more details and join us there today. And now, without further ado, let's dive right into our conversation with Ginger Hubbard. Welcome, everybody. Today, I'm super excited to be able to talk with Ginger Hubbard. Uh, Ginger is a friend that has been to a lot of Teach Them Diligently events. We have a great time just with with conversation and, and just really share a similar heart for ministering to families. I read some of her stuff years before I even met her. So um, anytime I'm able to meet someone that I was already familiar with their work, it's exciting. So I'm really, really thankful that you're here with us today, Ginger. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background uh, before we dive into a conversation of talking about really our children and their tongue and our tongue and all kinds of crazy stuff like that? Yes, thanks, Leslie. I appreciate you having me on. It's always good to get to chat with you and encourage folks to reach the hearts of their kids. Uh, a little bit about me. I've been in ministry since, well, I guess what, about 25 years now. I uh, love to speak and write. My favorite thing in the whole world to do is to encourage parents to reach the hearts of their kids. And uh, I homeschooled both of my kids all the way through, which is um, should be very encouraging for people because if I can do it, anybody can do it because <laughs> I myself barely made it through high school, yet both of my kids made it through college. So anybody can do it. So uh, be encouraged with that little note. And uh, our kids <laughs> now are older. They're adults. Uh, our son is 27. Daughter is almost 25. And then I married Ronnie Hubbard almost 10 years ago, and he came as a package deal with two stepsons, and they are also grown. They are 22 and 20, and so they are just a huge blessing, and they're all super close and have lots in common, so it's just been um, a huge blessing to get to be a mom and stepmom and wife to Ronnie. And then we love speaking well, and traveling. We, of course, we travel a lot with uh, Teach Them Diligently. And uh, my husband works remotely, so he gets to go with me. And we it's just one of our favorite things to do. Yay. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit? You said that one of your favorite things to do was to write and to speak and to minister. What kind of topics do you generally write or speak or minister about just to kind of set the stage of where we're going today? Yeah, uh, I love to encourage parents in biblical parenting because I believe that the Bible has so much 
awesome, helpful information for raising kids. And a lot of times we look at the Bible and we think, well, it really doesn't say that much about raising kids, but it absolutely does. So I love to pull out just all the treasures that are there, just full of wisdom and, and then really like to also encourage parents and how to practically apply the scriptures mm. to parenting. Yeah, it's so, so helpful. You know, I, I talk to people all the time and the Bible tells us that he gives us everything that we need for life and godliness within his word. And yet somehow through the years, we've kind of separated parenting out and we're like, I just want a parenting handbook and I'm going, it's there, it's there, go look. Um, so yeah, I love your heart in that. What are some of the books that you've written? And then we'll kind of dive into your most recent one. Okay. Well, the first thing I wrote was a little, it wasn't a book. It was actually a little chart called Wise Words for Moms. And I put that together really for myself because as I was homeschooling, obviously I was with my kids every day and they were having um, some different struggles uh, as kids do just with things like, you know, obeying and tattling and whining and lying and just all those issues that kids go through and, and tend to struggle with. And I, I didn't know how to handle those issues. And I was I found that I was only really addressing the outward behavior and I wasn't getting a whole lot of progress with them, mm. with with change. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to look at what, at what God's word has to say about these issues that my kids are struggling with. And so I wrote out the, the things that they were struggling with. And then I just researched what the Bible had to say about those issues to where I could really get to the heart of it. And so, and then as I, as they had more struggles, I had more behaviors that I wrote down. And at <laughs> the time I was uh, encouraging some moms every month at my church, we had a, a little mom's group. And so I shared what I was doing and the moms just loved it. And they said, oh, well, what my kid's struggling with this and my kid's struggling mm. with that. So before I knew it, I had 22 different behaviors that I had really dug into God's word and researched what God's word has to say about it. And so I, it's, it's interesting how I, how I came to be a writer because I, I wound up sending a copy of the chart. It was just this little handwritten thing that I Xeroxed and stapled together, really tacky. But what inspired me to put the chart together was Ted Tripp's book, uh, which Shepherding a Child's Heart. That was yes. my favorite, favorite parenting book when yeah. mine were little. And so because Ted had really inspired me to use God's word in training my kids, I found out that he was a pastor of a church in Pennsylvania. And so I mailed him a copy of the chart along with just this little thank you note for his book and how his book administered to me. And the next thing I know, I get this call from his son who runs uh, Shepherd Press Publishing. And he said, we got this chart. Uh, my dad loves it and we want to publish it. And so oh, it amazing. really fell in my lap. And then as uh, he, he travels and speaks a lot and he was taking the chart with him. And then I started getting calls from people wanting me to come speak. So then that hmm. launched a, a national uh, speaking ministry. So it really all, I never have to question whether or not it was God's will because it literally wasn't right. something that I was pursuing. It just fell in my, fell in my lap. And then I've been doing that ever since. And so after I'd been speaking, I guess for maybe a couple of years on reaching the heart of your child, I thought, you know, I have enough information here to write a book. And so I took my seminar notes and expanded on that and then wound up with my first parenting book, which was Don't Make Me Count to Three. Which and is the so, first, the one that I read yep. years and years ago. Yep. Yep. That's an oldie, but goodie. So I wrote that's that amazing. one. And, and then, uh, and then that, I guess, led into, I uh, went a long time without writing another parenting book. I just spoke on that. Um, and then the Lord laid on my heart to really address the tongue related struggles that children face. So wrote that book a couple of years ago and it came out 
uh, I guess it's been about two years, Leslie, and that one's called I Can't Believe You Just Said That, which is on biblical wisdom for taming your child's tongue. Awesome. So many people, so many families really struggle with that. And um, we're going to really dive into that in particular here in just a minute. But I wanted to park on something that you said really quickly, because I talked to so many moms who feel like God wants them to do something and um, they don't know how to get there or they try to rush it or whatever. And your testimony is just so indicative of of really what I try to impress on on people and encourage people with. And that is do the just daily steps of, of obedience, teach those classes in your church, be building this stuff out and then let God take it from there. Don't, you know, we don't have to plan all the way down the road, God knows what that's going to be. But but if God is laying something on your heart, then do exactly what's in front of you to do. And in your case, that was ministering to those moms every month. And God used that to really, I, I'm sure he gave you all the, the ideas and the insights and you, you kind of were able to see what um, resonated and what things, you know, that God really would use that time to formulate in you how to minister to moms more broadly. Um, but it was just that simple step of obedience. And so for all you moms out there who just really feel like God wants you to do something, he probably does do it, do what's right there. That's right. That's a that's good encouragement, Leslie. And and I never thought in a million years. I mean, I didn't think that I was equipped just to lead this group of 30 moms every month, but mm-hmm. the Lord laid it on my heart to do it. And so I said, um, well, if he's going to lay it on my heart, he's going to give me the, the tools that I need and the wisdom that I need to do that. And so we just gathered each month and I, I never thought any more would come of that. But, you know, the yeah. scriptures tell us that when we're faithful in the little things, then he's going to expand our territory and, and give us a little bit more to do. And so, yeah, I love that. Yep. Love it. Love it. Well, let's jump into your book now. That is, I can't believe you just said that. Um, you know, there are, there are a ton of really, really good parenting books out there. Um, and there are actually even a lot of books that talk about the tongue, you know, you can find information on that. So what sort of advice are you offering that really makes your book? I can't believe you just said that different from the others and really, really stand out as, as being different, being unique. Well, as a national speaker, I have listened to parents all over the country express their heartache over their inability to tame the tongues of their children. And they've Mm. read those books. They've tried that advice. But then somehow a lot of them have remained frustrated because it just didn't seem to work. And so what I've tried to do, and I can't believe just said that, is I expose some of the faulty child training methods, which fail to reach the heart. And I equip parents with biblical principles, and then I provide them with sort of a toolbox full of illustrations and examples for implementing those principles in a practical way. And, you know, don't get me wrong, you're absolutely right. There are plenty of great books out there. I've read so many very helpful books that focus on what the Bible says about parenting. And many of those books are full of scripture that that are very helpful in parenting. But I found that few offer the information that parents need most, and that is how to practically apply those scriptures Mm -hmm. to the tongue-related struggles that their children face in everyday life. So what I I am all about with everything that I write and everything I speak about is I want to help parents move past the frustrations of not knowing how to handle verbal offenses like whining and lying and tattling and disrespecting and all of those different ones and into a confident, well-balanced approach to raising their kids. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, you keep mentioning going for the heart, which is is something that I'm passionate about too. You don't just deal with the leaves. You go down to the roots and you try to, to stamp stuff out there. And one of the things that I really appreciated about your book is there are some things that, that we see that are the fruit, but when you kind of evaluate it down deeper, you see what's really causing it. And and parents are missing the the cause, those deep-seated things that if you can snuff those out, those that fruit is going to change. Um, and so we're just swiping a lot of times at what we see, even with some of those, um, those acts of the tongue, the whining and that kind of thing. But what's really underlying those things is what you really encourage parents to get to, which I love, um, because it, it just goes so much deeper and has much more longstanding benefits. That's right. That's exactly right. And, you know, my philosophy has always been if you can reach the heart, then the behavior mm-hmm. is going to take care of itself. So that's exactly. right. You don't just want to, you just don't want to address the leaves. You want to get to the root. I love that. You know, when um, I, we live in a really ridiculous, crazy time in a lot of ways, and I think all of us are kind of dumbfounded by what we see, but you see children and teenagers and young adults just where it seems that respect for parents, um, the, the, the unity within families, the parents have lost control. All of this stuff just seems to be spiraling out of control. Um, and so now you've got, we see these visuals of people at protests and stuff like that, that have no control over what they're saying. Um, they just, they, whatever they think comes out their mouth and they feel good about it. Um, So how do you think that our nation has actually reached this point with our parenting where there's no respect, no filter, um, really the bonds have just broken down within family units? Yep, it has. It has. And it just seems that America is now facing an epidemic of undisciplined children. Like you it's say, they just have, they, yeah, they have no filter on anything that they say. And so, uh, you know, Leslie, you know, as well as I do, that we live in a nation, uh, especially right now, that defies God at every point. And, you know, that also includes child training. It's not mm-hmm. that parents don't desire obedience and respect from their kids. I, I really think all parents desire to raise obedient, respectful kids. But many parents fail to achieve those results. And I believe that reason is twofold. I think that the first problem is that many parents in an attempt to get their children to obey and to show that verbal respect, they have adopted these faulty child training methods, which focus only on the outward behavior of their kids, but they fail to reach the heart. Many parents have developed this philosophy that if they can get their children to act right, that they're raising them the right way. But there is far more to parenting than getting our children to act right. We have to get them to think right and to be motivated out of a love of virtue, a love for what's right, a love for God rather than a fear of punishment. So I think that failure to reach their heart is, is one problem. And then I think the second problem is that parents, and we've already touched on this a little bit, parents are, are not following the instructions in the instruction manual. I once heard Roy Lesson, I love this. He compared God's instructions for parents to an owner's manual for a new appliance. And it just really resonated (laughs) with me. He said, you know, when you buy a new appliance, the manufacturer provides you with an instruction manual and it tells you, you know, obviously how to use the appliance and to keep it in the in the best working order. And if something goes wrong, then the customer's encouraged to contact the manufacturer for repairs. And Leslie, it's the same with families. 
the family was God's idea. He brought it into being. And in the Bible, he has provided parents with instructions for how it operates best. And so it also led that when parents experience problems in training their kids, he's also given us open communication with him through prayer. He tells us to contact him for repairs. <laughs> and yeah. so, and according to James 1, 5, it says that when we ask him for wisdom, he promises that he'll give it to us. Yeah, that's awesome. And that really ties into um, when we're dealing with those issues that we see, that fruit that we see that's not specifically mentioned in the Bible, like a whining or something, you know, you can't take me to a Bible verse that talks specifically or mentions whining specifically. And yet, as we seek God's wisdom and we dive into his word, um, you know, you know, there's always wisdom. What have you found in, you know, in cases like that where stuff is not specifically mentioned that we're dealing with, you know, how do, how do you encourage parents to really dig in and find ways to deal with those? Right. Well, like whining, that's not, you won't hear the word whining in the Bible. So a lot of parents may think, well, the Bible doesn't really say anything about whining. And, you know, whining in particular, I can definitely relate to that because my daughter was a whiner when she was younger. So I can definitely relate and sympathize with parents dealing with that annoying verbal yeah. offense. You know, we all have the one, our pet peeves, the things that really get under our skin. And that was definitely one of mine. Um, and you're right. The Bible doesn't talk about whining specifically, but the Bible does talk about self-control. And if you think about it, whining is an issue of self-control. And so when my daughter would whine in an attempt to get her way or to acquire something that she wanted, um, well, let's just say that she comes into the kitchen and that rather than simply asking for a cup of juice, she whines for it because I'm all about the mm -hmm. practical. So this is how I would I would play out how to teach her self-control, how to get to the heart of the issue. First, I would ask her a heart probing question. Something very simple and age appropriate, like, honey, are you asking for juice with self-control? No, you're not. Honey, God wants you to have self-control even with your voice. And because I love you so much, I want to help you get that self-control. So what I did with her in the, in the instance of whining is I would set the kitchen timer for three minutes. And I would say, sweetie, when this timer goes off, then you can come back and ask for juice the right way. Now, nowadays, you know, mm. parents can use their phone, which is even more convenient because if you're out somewhere, <laughs> most moms are going to have their phones. So you could set that timer. And so you see, and then I would have her come back and ask for juice the right way. So I reproved her for whining. I had her suffer the consequences of having to wait three minutes. And then most important, I had her come back and ask for juice with self-control. And you see, that is an issue that is addressed in God's word. All behavior, right. all outward behavior, it's always linked to a particular attitude of the heart. So a wise parent is going to learn how to reach past that outward behavior and pull out what is going on in the heart. And then we're able to address it from a biblical perspective. Well, and even in that scenario with the youngest of children, you've had a discipleship conversation where you are teaching them uh, really to think biblically, to think, to, to bring their thoughts captive into what is true. Um, and, and again, you're doing it very age appropriately, but it just shows that, that, when you are really tuned into discipleship and to going for the heart of your child, that every door is open for those conversations if you're looking for it. That's right. That's right. It is. And, and it doesn't need to be this long, drawn out conversation right. where their eyes start glazing over. You know, it's, it's just simple, quick, in the context of the moment, opportunities that we take to point them to um, the wisdom and the truth of God's word. Yep. It's those in-between moments that you're able to do 
just some of your highest level discipleship, really. It's mm-hmm. just just claiming those in-between moments. Um, now, each chapter in your book, getting back to your book here for a second, each chapter in your book addresses a different verbal offense, you know, like lying and tattling, that kind of thing. And you offer, I love this, a three-step plan, really, really simple plan for dealing with each other. Can you tell us, give us a little highlight about that plan? Yeah. Okay. So step one is always heart probing questions. And the reason why Mm. is because if you think about it in all the stories in scripture, when someone did something wrong, Jesus didn't wave his finger in their face and say, this is what you did wrong. And this is what you should have done instead. Jesus, instead, he often used heart probing questions. And in order for the people to answer those questions, they had to evaluate themselves because Jesus, he was a skilled heart prober. He knew how to ask those questions in such a way that they had to take their focus off of the circumstances and the situations around them and onto the sin in their own heart. So for each one of those, every, every chapter is a different verbal offense, like you mentioned. So for each of those verbal offenses, every chapter, I start out with like a very common, relatable scenario that most any parent's going to be able to relate to in accordance with that particular verbal offense. And then the first step is those heart probing questions. So I actually offer two or three very simple questions to help parents reach past that outward behavior and actually pull out what is going on at the heart, reaching Mm -hmm. past those leaves to the root. And so so that's step one, the heart probing questions. And then in uh, the book of Ephesians, we are instructed to put off our old self and put on our new self. So step two is what to put off, what God's word says about that particular behavior and what it can lead to if it's continued. And then step three is what to put on, how to replace what is wrong with what is right in accordance with the scripture. Yeah, that is awesome. One of the, um, we have always David and I, when I say we, David and I have always gone back to a principle that I learned when I worked at a Christian camp in college, um, where they taught us that questions prick the conscience, whereas accusations harden the will. And mm-hmm. we have found that played out so often. If we're able to stop, you you kind of stop the momentum of the situation by asking those questions too, so that everyone can get a little bit more self-control before you go on to the put off, put on element of it. So, right. um, that starting with the question just has so many benefits and gets you so much farther. Um, it's it's really really there's so much wisdom in that. Um, but after going through those those three steps, the questions, the put off, the put on, how can we as parents get our children to actually implement those principles that we're we're trying to teach them through those conversations? After that, then we want to require them to practice that biblical alternative to the wrong behavior, because Mm -hmm. it's never enough to just verbally instruct our children in what not to do. That's where so many parents fall short. We instruct them in what not to do, and then we administer this consequence. We always have to take it a step further. We have to instruct them in what to do. We have to teach them how to replace what is wrong with what is right. And then most important, we want to require them to actually go back and do it. When we require our children to physically practice that biblical alternative to sinful behavior, we are actually teaching them how to apply God's word to daily life. Mm. So let's just say, let's go a little bit older. We talked about whining. That's usually for younger kids. Let's say that um, a a child that's a little bit older speaks disrespectfully to his parents. And the parents say, uh, a lot of times they're going to say something like, that was disrespectful. You shouldn't speak to me like that. Now go to your room. Mm. 
But you see, that is ineffective child training because the most important part is left out. We shouldn't just rebuke and discipline the child who's speaking disrespectfully. We should have him come back and practice that biblical alternative by communicating the right way with the appropriate words and the appropriate tone of voice. And for many children, particularly mine, as they were growing into their teen years, the appropriate facial expression. (laughs) When we, the the point is that when we train our children in what's right and we require them to practice what's right, we're actually teaching them how to grow in wisdom and we're preparing them to govern their own actions for future situations. And in my book, I can't believe you just said that I, I refer to this as the practice principle, because Leslie, can you imagine trying to teach your child how to tie his shoes without the practice principle? No, Mm. just verbally walking him through that process, it's not going to be enough. At some point, you would have to physically demonstrate how to do it and then have him practice on his own. So if the practice principle is vital for teaching such morally neutral tasks as tying shoes, how much more important is it for training children in Christ-like character? Yeah, no question. No question. Well, and another thing I was thinking of as you were walking through your three steps, um, something that we have found over and over, again, especially as your children are getting older and um, the issues that you're dealing with are more complex. You know, it's not as black and white when you're dealing with a 17-year-old as it was when you were dealing with a three-year-old, right? Um, right. But but by taking the time to go through these steps, to ask those questions, to model, to, to, to listen, to really engage in these discipleship conversations, you get such insight into what's in their heart, what's causing this behavior, what's, you know, what are they thinking, what are they struggling with that would never be verbalized if you didn't take the time in those moments to unearth it. And sometimes those conversations take a really long time um, because you find that you start unearthing things that you weren't expecting, um, but they are so beneficial and they strengthen your relationship with your child uh, in ways that you just couldn't do otherwise. Um, and it all comes down to just taking the time to really be engaged in those parenting and discipleship moments. That's right. And to have a plan. It's always good to have a plan. So often, you know, we find ourselves just shocked by some of the things that come out of their mouths and, and then we don't really know how to respond. So sometimes it's just thinking ahead, praying ahead about the different struggles that our kids face and then having that plan beforehand, uh, uh, that we're going to actually teach them how to do the right thing instead of just being shocked. You know, I mean, when my kids were little, I can't tell you how many times I looked at them and I'm like, why do you act like that? But mm-hmm. after a closer look at the word of God, I realized I was really asking the wrong question. In Matthew 12, 34, Jesus explained, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full yeah. of. In other words, there's merit to that old saying, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. Our <laughs> sin, it does not begin with our mouths. It begins with our hearts. Uh, that sin that shows up in our words, it comes from inside us. And it starts a lot sooner mm. than we might think. King David proclaimed, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So when parents, mm. you know, truly grasp just the origin of sin and just the the total depravity of, of the human race in general, we no longer question why our children sin. So I slowly learned to stop asking, why does my child sin? And instead, I began to ask myself, when my child sins, how might I point him to the fact that he is a sinner just like me in need of a savior? How can I help him understand and live in that transformational power of Christ? Yeah. And and to your point there, part of really being 
a, a godly parent, a discipleship focused parent means that you are growing as well. So you are dealing with these, these sins that pop up in your own life because most of the time they're very similar, different manifestations maybe, but the, <laughs> the roots are very similar This in the struggles that you're having. And as you are seeking God's face for victory in your own life, it's amazing to me how often because I have been, I have studied at some point, I have worked through this on my own. God brings those verses to mind and he answers the prayers for my children through things that I've already studied. Um, and the Holy Spirit just brings them to mind at exactly the right time. That's right. And you know what? And two, we should also allow ourselves to be a little vulnerable with our kids mm -hmm. when it comes to the sins of our own hearts. Um, and we need to be willing, you know, when we, because we're all going to sin against our kids sometime. We're going to speak yeah. harshly or we're going to respond in a way that, uh, you know, did not show respect for them. And so in those moments, we also need to be willing and go, just like we're requiring of them, we, we can model that for them and go, you know, several, many times in my parenting, I had to go to my kids and say, you know what? I need to ask your forgiveness because the way that I just spoke to you, it did mm. not show respect for you and it did not honor God. Will you forgive me and let me try that again? And when I would humble myself like that, oh man, God's grace just came down because my yeah. kids see that I'm, I'm just like them. I'm a sinner just like they are. But it shows them how we are to respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and to, to submit to the will of God and to go and ask forgiveness and to make things right. So we don't ever need to look at it like we've arrived and you know we know all things. We need to right. acknowledge that you know we're still growing and learning and the Holy Spirit still convicts us and we still have to go back and make things right and ask for forgiveness too. And so I think that's um, good opportunities. A lot of times we, you know, throw our hands up and say, well, I just completely blew it. And then we don't <laughs> go back and make it right. But some of the times that we really blow it, I know in my parenting, I found that those were some of the most precious opportunities Absolutely. to model what the conviction of the Holy Spirit looks like and how we're to respond to that Holy Spirit conviction. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, we are almost out of time, but before we go, I just wanted to, you know, we've talked about several really ineffective ways to parent, ineffective disciplines, ineff you know, ineffective means of doing this. But are there any that you really wanted to throw out that would be, or any elements, I guess, of ineffective discipline that we as parents should avoid um, that we could cover in the couple of minutes before our time has passed? Yes, yes, absolutely. When children, when children speak offensively, parents often respond, I have found, in one of two ways. We either ignore the child, hoping that he'll outgrow it, or we administer some sort of consequence, hoping to, as we hear people say, put the fear of God in them. Hmm. But both methods are ineffective because they fail to train and instruct. There are occasions, of course, when ignoring is going to seem more convenient for us because after all, it does take time to train them up in the way they should go. But to ignore a child who is in need of correction and guidance, really, if you think about it, that's to selfishly place our own interest above the interest and the well-being of the child. And then on the other hand, consequences for wrong behavior definitely have their place but they are not a substitute for training and instructing. Administering consequences without following through with that righteous training, that really only teaches kids one thing, that there are consequences for sin. And mm. yes, that is an important lesson, but an even greater lesson is to help them understand that higher calling of living in ways that are pleasing to God and brings Him the glory He deserves. Our purpose in disciplining our children, it's not to just merely teach them to avoid consequences. It's to train and instruct them to actually honor God with their lives. Yep. Yep. 
Absolutely. Amen. Um, well, Ginger, we are out of time, but before we go, um, I think that you mentioned, or I, I know that you mentioned to me um, before that you are in the process of about to start your own podcast. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about that, maybe how they can um, get connected beforehand to, to kind of help you determine the content that's going to be on there. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited about it. It's something that's been on my heart for a couple of years now, and I've just honestly just been lazy and didn't do it. And I was really without excuse when this pandemic hit. And that's exactly what I should have been doing this last year, but I didn't. So shame on me. But I'm getting serious about it now. Um, and I'm hoping to start recording a lot of them. I'm planning to start recording a lot of them this fall. I had uh, hope to release it this fall, but I think I'm actually going to wait until January so that I can have, you know, quite a few of them recorded beforehand. Yeah. But what I really want to do with it is I get asked so many parenting questions at the Teach Them Diligently conventions, over email, over my social media, I just constantly ask parenting questions. And I love, I don't have all the answers, Leslie, but I love to help moms think through how mm -hmm. they can, again, reach past outward behavior and get to the hearts of their kids. So the podcast is primarily going to be answering parenting questions. It'll be very practical. Some of the things mm -hmm. that you and I have talked about, you know, my kid's struggling with this or my kid's struggling, struggling with lying. How can I get to the heart of that? How can I address that? So it's going to be very biblical and also very practical as far as how to apply the scriptures to training our kids in everyday life. So, um, People be, can be looking for that to release, um, hopefully in January. Right now, what they can do is go to my website, gingerhubbard.com, and there is a section on there um, that says Ask Ginger, and they can go on and start asking those parenting questions, and then I will be addressing um, those issues with some really good biblical practical answers on the podcast. So I need more questions. So get on that website and ask me some. Awesome. That's great. So everybody go to gingerhubbard.com. Look for Ask Ginger and pepper her with your hardest possible questions that you can come up with uh, to really challenge her out of the blocks there. <laughs> there you go. Love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ginger. This has been really, really helpful um, and just helping people, helping all of us to really think through what we're doing as we parent, how to get to the heart of the issue, um, and specifically about these these um, sins of the tongue and of attitude that that we see so much of in our land today. Yes, it was it was it was such a pleasure to get to talk to you, and I hope all of your listeners were greatly encouraged. Yep, me too. Well, thank you so much, and everybody else, we'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within His families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. 
Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.